Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, Happy New Year to you, my friend. It's time to get the new year started and we have plenty to talk about. Yeah, Happy New Year, Bill. Lots to talk about as always, but it'll be playoff football getting top priority this week. Well, you bet, and a uh, lot to talk about with that and the Eagles and the national championship uh, in college football as well. And we're going to get it rolling and welcome back our leader in the clubhouse, as they say, on visits to Philly Press Box Radio. But the first time as a retiree, Mark Eckel, welcome back from frigid Myrtle Beach. Yeah, it's, well, it's not as frigid as uh, you guys, as, as the guys back, back north are, but it's, it's a little chilly down here, yeah. Thanks for having me. I don't, I'm not sure why you want me anymore. I really don't. I really don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you could say I, I never knew what I was talking about, but well, I really don't know we'll now. See. We'll see. Mark, thanks for taking a break from your life as a your, your life of leisure, shall we say, to talk Can't, a little football. My whole life is a break right now. This isn't take this. I mean, this is work tonight. This now I'm actually having to work. Is, I got you. We're going to ask you later on about life in South Carolina, but first, sure, I love the, it. the team that you covered for 32 years, those Philadelphia Eagles, just wrapped mm-hmm. up a 13 and three regular season. Now we. We haven't talked you and I since last April, but I'm pretty sure you didn't forecast the birds winning 13 games. No, I didn't. No, I'll be honest. No, not even close. I probably had them. I don't, I don't think I ever had to really make a pick. Um, if I had, I probably would have said nine and seven to be honest. All right. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think they were, I, you know, I'll be honest. They, Carson Wentz played. I, I thought he would be good. I didn't think he'd be MVP type good. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I didn't think, and, and I, again, it's going to sound like I'm taking away from what the Eagles accomplished, and, and by no means am I doing that. They had a great year. Um, the Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins were not – all three of them were not nearly as good as – I never thought they would – well, they went 5-1. I guess they could have gone 6-0 if they wanted. But I, I, in no way, shape, or form did I think they would have it so easy in the NFC East. Yeah, I agree. Mark, the Giants went from an 11-win team to, a, to the worst team in football. Yeah, they did. Well, yeah. except for those Cleveland Browns, of course. Well, NFL football. <laughs> Mark, I remember sitting with you one evening in, I believe, January 2015. We were enjoying some grub and an adult beverage or two at the Irish Rover. Yes, a shameless plug for our sponsor. And talking <laughs> okay. about Nick Foles. Now, this was before Chip oh. Kelly traded him away. I was a much bigger fan of Foles than you, and history has shown you to be a better judge of his talent than I. But uh, at any rate, here we are three years later, and thanks to that unfortunate injury to number 11, Foles is once again the Eagles quarterback. So, And I don't want to get a formal prediction from you just yet, but just basically, can the current Eagles win a playoff game or two with Nick Foles? Well, yeah. I mean, the Eagles, again, too much gets put on the quarterback, you know. I'm, I'm seeing people put up, you know, the records of quarterbacks, and it's, it's you know, it, it, it's more than the quarterback, all right. I mean, can Nick? If you're asking me, can Nick Foles carry the Eagles by himself to a point? No, he can't. He's not good enough. Carson Wentz could, 
Aaron Rodgers could. Tom Brady does all the time. No, Nick Foles is not in that kind of category. So, no, Nick Foles can't go out and win a playoff game for the Eagles. Can the Eagles win a playoff game with Nick Foles? Absolutely. If their defense plays well, if they run the ball well, and just let Foles not make any, any mistakes, sure, they could win a playoff game or two. All right. Hey, Mark, you, you covered the birds for a long time. You've seen many ups and downs. But uh, what's your, your take now on what Howie Roseman has managed to put together? Does he get, does he get a good deal of the credit here or, uh, or Doug Peterson or both? Howie deserves – I mean, I hate to say this, but he, he deserves some credit. I mean, <laughs> I don't, but we're not there. I, I mean, again, I don't want to – I'm going to play the bad guy because that's what I do. But um, is, it, is it a coincidence that their better decisions have been made since Howie has someone working with him, namely Joe Douglas, doing things? Or did Howie all of a sudden get smart? I don't know. I mean, maybe Howie got smart, but maybe Joe Douglas is, maybe Joe Douglas deserves a lot more credit than people give him, or or he's you know, or maybe people are giving him credit. I don't know. I'm I'm not there, but it seems to me like Joe Douglas, since he's been on board, the the personnel decisions have been better. Yeah, I was a little All surprised. Right. I, I mean, what was your what you're thinking when they went out and got that Jay Ajayi in the middle of the season? I mean, that's pretty unprecedented unprecedented for the Eagles to make a move like that. Certainly a good one. Yeah. I mean, but you know why they, I mean, you know why he was available, right? I mean, he's not going to, his career is going to be, I'll say this. I'll I'll go on the record right now. is telling you that Jay Ajay will play next year and then he won't resign. The Eagles will not re-resign him Hmm. because that knee, because that knee is, it's a time bomb waiting to explode. I mean, that's a, it's there. There's a, I loved him in college. I loved him at Boise state. I thought he was going to be, he should have been a low first, maybe second round pick. He went in the fifth round because teams looked at that knee and said, this guy's not going to have a long NFL career. Um, there's a reason he only gets the ball so many times a game. And I, and I know fans cry for, Oh, got to give him the ball more. He's got to get more work. He's got to do. No, the Eagles, Doug, I'll give Doug Peterson a lot of credit for this. He knows what he has in, in a guy. And he's not going to burn him out any more than you know. What I'm saying like there's, think of Jay Ajayi as a like as a pitch count. Like there's there's a run count on him. You know what I'm saying there, a, a carry count. I, I I could say and you you they don't want to use him up. There's only so many carries left in in those knees in that knee. Hey Mark, so that was a good move. Like- it was a good it was a good immediate to win now move without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Mark, speaking of guys you liked in college, Nelson Aguilar, we talked with you about him last April and the fact that he was pretty much a disappointment the first two years. But, wow, a nice turnaround by Nelson Aguilar in year three. It was funny. I, let me tell you a little story about that. Um, I just re- I retired. My, my, my last day of work was May 1st, right after the draft. My daughter graduated from James Madison University on May 5th. And I was so I was down um, in the Harrisonburg Courtyard Marriott on May fourth, Thursday night, and I'm in there and I'm I'm having like a little light dinner in the um, lobby re- restaurant. Well, who walks in but Nelson Aguilar? Hmm. His cousin was also graduating from James Madison the next day. We we see each other. Hey, big, you know, hey, how you doing? What's, well, why are you here? Oh, my my daughter, oh, my cousin's graduating. Oh, how about that? We start talking and. He he hadn't known that I wasn't covering the team anymore, and he said something about, you know, I feel great. I've never felt better. I really I'm gonna have a you watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good year this year. I'm gonna have a big year, going on it. Like I never saw such confidence in the kid. Wow. 
be, before that. And then I told him I wasn't going to be there to see it, but I'll be I'll be watching from afar. And he's like, oh my god, I can't believe you're going to, not going to be there. And I'm like, but anyway, um, and I think the confidence was a ma- and again, it's, it, you could be confident and not put up, but I mean, he was a kid that I saw all right, as a rookie. It's tough as a rookie. Let's be honest. A lot of great players. Mike Quick, who I think is the greatest Eagle wide receiver of all time, did nothing as a rookie. Um, so rookie season, and he was. He, if, if you were, if you look back, his rookie year, his best game came against the Redskins. I think it was like week five or six or somewhere around there. And then he got hurt. He hurt his ankle at the end of that game, and then was never really the same. I think the ankle bothered him, and the rookie. So throw that year out. Then last, the, the the year after that, he had that unfortunate incident that he did nothing wrong but was accused of sexual assault. There was charges were never even filed, um, but he was accused, and I think that really messed him up personally. I, I know that it affected him, his family, um, his fiance. Um, it just it it just kind of and it it it, it I think it, it stayed over him most of the year, and I think that was on his mind and. Um, he never really recovered from it, had a terrible year. This year, he was healthy. He had no personal issues going on, and I think you got to see what kind of player he can be. Again, Harold not, not an elite, elite receiver, but a very good receiver. Harold Carmichael, by the way, didn't do much his first two years either, then broke out big in the go. third year. Yep, yeah. it happened. Hey, Mark, they, right? they, they made a comment uh, during the game the other day that actually almost took me off my chair when they said that uh, – the Eagles are absolutely loaded with defensive backs that can play. And I think there's not, there's not a person in America, maybe outside of that locker room, that thought they had one that could play as the season started. I still don't think they're that good. I don't care what anybody says. Did you watch the Giants game? Yeah. Yeah. How, how were they there? They were, getting, <laughs> not, they not were biting, biting and getting beat. I mean, not, again, and I, I, don't, I don't want to play bad guy. I really don't. <laughs> How many good quarterbacks have the Eagles seen this year? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. They saw C.J. Beathard. They saw whatever bum the Bears threw out there that week. They saw, you know, I don't know who else did they play. I'm trying to think. They like they didn't see Aaron Rodgers. They didn't see Tom Brady. They didn't see Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't see Drew Brees. They didn't. I mean, they 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 didn't see many real good quarterbacks. I'm still not sold on this. I, I think Ronald Darby's an he's a gambler. So he's going to make some big plays, but he's going to get burned. That's just what he is. I don't consider him an elite cornerback. I really don't. Um, Jalen Mills, he's okay. He's for a seventh round pick. He's a, he's a hell of a player for a seventh round pick. But I mean, I I covered Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor. I covered Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. I, they're not that, that 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 was elite. That was that was that was good solid cover cornerbacks. These guys are okay. They're not. I think people are overrating these these corners based on the fact that they've done very well against the bums of the world. Well, Mark, speaking of cornerbacks, we got a little taste of Sidney Jones in Week 17. You know, highly touted guy who was right. injured last spring, and you know he finally got on the field. Uh, what did you think of him last year, and how good do you think he can be? Well, he's the one. Now, there, there's the one. Now, before he got hurt, I believe I had him. When I did it, when I did my draft stuff last year, talking to scouts and all that, I think I had him third because I know I had uh, Lattimore number one, 
he might have been fourth. I think Latimer was was definitely my my number one, and I loved my guys and still with my 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 opinion based off the people that I talked to. I loved Trey White. That's I kind of that's who I wanted the Eagles to take even at fourteen. I, I thought Trey White was going to be a great player, and he had a pretty good rookie year for the Bills. Um, and I believe I had Marlon Humphrey three, and then I had Sidney Jones four. It might have been the other way around. So, I, but I had him as a le- legitimate, you know, first round pick, maybe even top twenty pick. And then he tore the Achilles, and that obviously dropped him into the second round. Um, now, I didn't see the game Sunday because we didn't get it down here, and I wasn't going to go out of my way to watch a game that didn't mean anything. Um, did he? How did he look? I mean, can he can he still run? It looked like he could run. He got uh, burned badly on one play, but uh, he looked pretty good for a guy who hasn't, you know, been in a real game in over a year. Because I mean, a torn Achilles scares me. If you lose, if, you know, if you lose any. Todd Pinkston, and I know people say, "Oh, Todd Pinkston stunk," blah blah. But Todd Pinkston had a pretty good year. The year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, he 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 led the NFC in yards per per catch, and then he tore his Achilles, and was never the same player again. Just because he lost his game was was speed, and he lost that, you know. It, when you lose, a, you know, just a little bit of speed, and you're a wide receiver or or a defensive back, it, I mean, it's it's a big thing. I mean, if you go from from being a four four guy to a four five five guy, that's a big difference. Hey, Mark, staying staying with the defense, that defensive line's been pretty good. Fletcher Cox has yes. been real good. Uh, Timmy Jernigan looks like he was a nice add, and uh, Derek Barnett looks like he's going to do pretty good uh, as a first round draft pick. Brandon Graham has played well, so they've done pretty well all the way across the front. Uh, line, don't you think? Yes, and you forgot a guy that I think had a don't don't just look at numbers, but the games I've seen and um, Vinny Curry has. Vinny I, Curry, I, think, yeah. I mean, his numbers aren't aren't what aren't up there, but he's been great against the run, which was supposed to be his weakness was that he wasn't a good run player. I think he's been excellent against the run. Only well, has a couple sacks, but I think a lot of he's gotten a lot of pressure, a lot of quarterback hits. So yeah, throw him in the mix too. Yeah, that that's obviously the strength of of this team, in my opinion, is their defensive line, without a doubt. And mainly, and I think they're all playing well because they they do have so many. So they let's say, I mean, it, I, I remember I don't know who said it way back when, Buddy Ryan or somebody. The hardest thing to do for a full game is to rush a passer. It's just it takes a lot out of you because you're you know you got these three hundred and some pound offensive linemen beating on you the whole game. So that, that that takes its toll, but when you can rotate and Eagles, they use eight guys, right? I mean, they, eight guys are in and out of here the whole game. They got, yeah. got Kurt. Oh, another guy we forgot who I think's had a remarkable season is uh, Chris Long. Yeah. Yes. And Bo Allen. I mean, so or Bo uh, and Bo Allen inside is not Bo right. Allen. So you got Chris yeah. Allen, and Derek Barnett coming in for Curry and Graham, and you got Bo Allen rotating in with with Jernigan and Cox. That's I mean that's that's depth. That's what it is. That that's a lot of depth, and it keeps the guys fresh. And that and that that's if the Eagles are going to win a playoff game, it's going to be because the defensive line dominates the other team's offensive line and holds them to whatever many points. Well, speaking of the playoffs, Mark, they're going to play either the Saints, Panthers, or Falcons on January 13th. What's the best matchup for the Eagles? I'm guessing the Falcons. And what would be the worst matchup? Falcons would be the best, and. The, Saints would be the worst, in my opinion. And uh, the Falcons, because and a lot of people don't, don't a lot of people think the and the, and the Falcons. Let's don't, don't be wrong. That's not a, they did win the NFC last year. They they are the defending champions. They just don't play well in Philadelphia. Matt Ryan, who's a Philadelphia native or, out, or, or just outside of Philly, 
Look at his numbers in Philadelphia. He, I don't know if it's coming home. He gets, I don't know what happens to him, but he does not. He normally does not play well at all in Philadelphia, and neither do the Falcons. I mean, last year they were the NFC champions, but they came to Philly and the Eagles killed them. I mean, it wasn't even that good a game. The Eagles kind of, and the Eagles weren't that good last year. So yeah, I, I would think without a doubt that's the team the Eagles would want to face. New Orleans scares me because they're so balanced on offense. They have two great running backs and a great quarterback. And I, and I never want to face a team that has both of that. And their defense is much improved. Well, hey, Mark, just switch up a little bit on you. You, you covered both these guys, uh, Brian Dawkins and T.O. They're both uh, made it to the round of 15 in the Hall of Fame vote. It is a strong bunch of 15. Are those two going to be able to get uh, to the final five? I hope so. I, 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 I get so disappointed in Hall of Fame voting, and I'm, I'm, I think I, I don't know if I told you guys this or I said it to another somebody else last year, and, and people are going to get mad at me, and I don't really care because I'm not there anymore. Writers shouldn't vote for the Hall of Fame, baseball or football or anything. They really shouldn't. Writers should not have a vote, and and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because and I was a writer for 32 years, and I think I was, you know, I held my own with with, with anyone, but I didn't see a lot. I mean. You cover, I covered the Eagles. So I saw, yes, I saw Brian Dawkins every week, and I saw Troy Vincent, and I saw all the Eagle players, but I didn't see the, I, I saw the Kansas City Chiefs play once every, what, eight years or something, whatever it is, four years, but right. I mean, whatever it is. I don't, so I don't know those players that well. I mean, and, stat, I'm, I'm, and I've never been a stat guy because stats could look different depending, you know, there's a lot of things that go into stats that aren't real. So I, I, I think coaches and scouts, general managers, personnel people, that's who should vote. They see everything. They know what's going on. I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think people outside of Philadelphia know how good Brian Dawkins was. I really don't. And they think, oh, yeah, he was a good player. But, you know, if, you're, you know, if you covered the Seattle Seahawks, you don't know that much about Brian Dawkins. If you, cover, if you covered the Kansas City Chiefs or the Denver Broncos, well, Denver Broncos, you would because he, he, he ended up going there. But you know what I'm saying. I don't – you – to realize how good Brian Dawkins was, you had to see him play week in, week out. And, and watch him, even in practice, and, and what he meant to that team off the field as much as on the field. But you don't know that unless you were around. And, then, and it's, I, I know like the, there's one writer per city, and then that writer gets up and gives a speech. But, again, if, that, if the writer for that team isn't real passionate about it and, and doesn't sell it well, and, and, and let's be honest, and we're writers, we're not – salesman so it's not our you know it's not easy to do that then they don't get in i mean it's it's i don't know i don't i don't like hall of fame voting i just don't all right mark let's turn but, our but attention said, to I think uh, if i had a vote i would vote for yeah. uh, both of them well there you go let's turn our attention to the college football playoffs uh, first of all how great was that georgia oklahoma rose bowl game on monday that, that, that doesn't get much better. <laughs> I, I always say it's probably, and I, I'm, you know, now that I'm down, that I'm down, down here, I'm, I'm much more of a college football fan because down here Saturday is bigger than Sunday, and um, so I watch a lot more college football this year than, than I ever have. But one of the best college games I had ever seen was that I forget what year it was now, but when Texas and USC, when it was Vince Young and Reggie Bush and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this game might have rivaled that one. It, 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 that, that was unbelievable. That was, and I know you're, that was unbelievable. I know you're happy about Alabama. Why are you such a Bama fan, by the way, and what do you think about the uh, championship game? Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm a Bama fan. There's two reasons. One is I, I really admire Nick Saban. But beyond that, 
I never had a favorite college football team, right? I never did. I just, I don't know why, I just never did. I mean, I like some, I like, don't like others, whatever, watch a certain play. But then I thought about the fact that three of my favorite players of all time, all time, and I'm going to go way back on you here, Ken, my, are Bart Starr, Kenny Stabler, and Joe Namath. But <laughs> all three of them went to Alabama. <laughs> so I said, you know what? If, if my three favorite players of all time went to the same school, I, I guess I should like that school, huh? And 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 then here I, I'm going to throw a third one in. I actually went there once for a not for football, but but for a baseball tournament, believe it or not. And um, I fell in love with the campus too. It's just a great place. It's just it's. And I obviously I went to the, even though I was covering baseball, I had to go look at the football stadium, right? And it's just it's. I really liked it, so that's why I'm Alabama. But again, I don't live and die. I mean, if they lose, I'm not going to cry or nothing. I don't get. I'm not that carried away about it. But the, well, right, so Mark, what do you ask, what, what was the second part of that question? Who do, who do I think wins? Yeah, who wins? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm biased, but I Georgia's good now. Don't get me. That's going to be a great. I'm I'm thrilled that it's an SEC final because I I love the SEC, and all these people tell me that the SEC was down this year. Yeah, yeah they're down. Hey, Mark, speaking of it real quick, uh, what, what's your thought on the whole, and I don't know you can do this in one minute, but what's your whole thought on the whole uh, college football process? Well, it's better than it used to be, right? I mean, could it, would eight teams be better? Yeah, probably. But then whoever's number nine is going to cry. So, I don't know. I mean, it's better than it was. It's better than just having people vote who the champion is, right? So at least Well, yeah, sure. And I think they got it. I really think they got it right. I think the four best teams played. Central Florida, God bless them. That was a heck of a win over Auburn. And they did everything they were asked to do. I mean, they did, they did go undefeated. But guess what? If it was eight teams, I don't think they would have been in anyway. They weren't getting the respect no, do you, do you, regardless. Of, but yeah. do you guys think if, if there was an eight-team playoff this year, I think it would have been the, the four that were in. It would have been Ohio State and Wisconsin, probably Auburn. And then I don't know. They might have thrown Notre Dame in just because they're Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm serious. I don't. I don't think. I don't think UCF would have been in even if it was eight. No, I don't. I don't think they would. Every week they were sitting down trying to figure out which two and three loss team was better than the undefeated team, and just because right. of their conference and all that. So yeah, I agree. They they would not have been in. That's why in my case you had a root for. You know, I was really yeah, hoping I think they the would, winner of this would game, win winner of Alabama Georgia. Should play UCF just for the heck of it and see what happens. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> fun. There you go. I don't think Scott Frost is going to stick around another uh, week to get ready for that. But <laughs> he hey, might for that. He might. For that. Yeah, he might. Hey, Mark, as you know, we like okay. to do a segment with our guests we call Fast Five. You've done this before with Chet. Basically, okay. ask five simple questions. You give five pretty simple answers. You up for that tonight? I'm my favorite part of the show. There, there we go. go. <laughs> All right, Fast Five with Mark Eckel. Number one, we kind of touched on it, but didn't get an official prediction. So, how will the Eagles do in the postseason? How far will they go? I don't know who they're playing. Um, if they play the Saints, they're going to lose. If they play anybody else, they're going to win. They'll win one game and then lose. In the, but if they play the Saints, they're going to lose in the first round. Okay. Boo. Number two, <laughs> who will meet in Super Bowl 52 next well, month and who wins? I'm glad, see, I'm glad you I'm, – now, now I can rationalize it will be an NFL – the NFL was going to love this. It's going to be the New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints. It's going to be Tom Brady, Drew Brees, one last hurrah. It's going to be like that, that movie uh, Las Vegas when the old guys all went to Vegas for one last – so that's what it's, it's going to be. Brees and Brady. Number three, what are the key things on the Eagles' to-do list before next season? Get Carson Wentz healthy. Um, 
draft an offensive lineman and get Carson Wentz healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Number four, Mark, is there anything you miss about being on the Eagles beat? Let me think about that for another second. No. <laughs> no, really, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't miss a thing. I'm, I'm loving life down here. I really am. Like people say, living the dream. I'm living the dream. I don't. No, I don't. I, if I didn't miss, if I would have missed it, I wouldn't have got. I didn't get forced out. I left. I mean, I. No, I don't. I don't miss anything. Perfect lead into my fifth and final question. Fill in the blank, Mark. The best thing about living in South Carolina is blank. I'm not covering the Eagles anymore. No, uh, I live, I'm, I'm on the beach. I'm living on the beach, and I mean, just looking out my window right right now and seeing the ocean and, and the beach, and it's it's a dream come true for me. I've always been a beach person. I always loved it, and now I, I actually live on it. And, and and I can like like the day before Thanksgiving, I was laying on the beach and stuff like that, or like a couple weeks before Christmas, I was laying on the laying. That was the weirdest part, Chet and Bill. It's like well, well, Bill, you know, before it's like. December, whatever, and I'm laying on the beach, and, and I'm hearing Christmas music playing. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of weird, but it's kind of funny too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're doing some writing still, is that correct? Yes, I write for uh, the NFL Player Engagement site, um, which I really enjoy. Also, it's it's after years of being like the quote unquote tough guy, I, you know, I had to write some things and ask. Yeah, I always had to ask a tough questions. Now I'm writing stories that I really enjoy writing, and they're all, it's a player engagement. It's 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 to show people that. Yeah, all right. There are the knuckleheads in the NFL like that that do stupid things and it gets blown out of proportion everywhere. But and, you know, they. But there's a lot of guys in this league that do a lot of good things, way more than do bad things. And we write stories about those guys doing things to help in charities and and helping kids and and doing like Chris Long giving money, you know, playing, you know, giving all his checks away this 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 yep. year. Um, there's a there's a lot of that that people don't know about, and um, it's it's fun and the guys love talking. I mean. It's it's great when you you know after years of interview interviewing players that were kind of like oh yeah now like they they want to talk to me because I'm writing about the good things about their foundations and about their charity work and about their community service work and it's been fun it's, and and they're all nice good wholesome stories you know not just like five reasons why the Eagles are going to win or something awesome awesome well hey Mark we appreciate you coming by as always hopefully uh, it warms up quick. Quick for you. Uh, it's supposed to be a nice again, I think. Sunday, I think yeah. it's supposed to be up to like 50 again, so that would be nice. All right. Back to the Thanks, beach. Mark. All right, guys. Take care. All right. See Thanks, all right, guys. Take care. All right, Chad. All, right. all right, Bill. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, do you want a great place to grab some food or have a couple of beers with your pals? I have just the place, the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, Bucks County. The Irish Rover has a terrific atmosphere, daily food and drink specials, a spacious dining area, extensive beer list, and many items from burgers and gourmet wings to filet mignon. Lots of big screen TVs, too, to watch all those postseason football games. And you can pre-order wings or just about anything else from the Irish Rover for your Super Bowl party. Call 267-560-4240 or visit their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. That's the Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. Boy, you're you're up in the game on that music, Mr. Chesco. Great stuff and uh, good good lead in to our man Fred and Butter, who's back. Uh, Fred Hugo, talk a little football and uh, maybe we'll talk a little Sixers tonight too. Fred, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Bill? You'll you'll appreciate this. We're uh, we're li- I'm live from the former 
Collingdale High School tonight. Nice. Oh. Nice. On the basketball court, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the in the back at, at the big gym, yep. All right, cool. Hey, Fred, let's get this out of the way right now. Here we go. Try to tell we'll you. Talk. I try to tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. We'll talk a little more about those Georgia Bulldogs in just a moment. But as Bill alluded, we're going to talk Sixers briefly too, because you know we love the Sixers too. Uh, Fred, the Sixers finished up their little road trip with two wins over the weekend. Joel Embiid has a bum hand, but I think he is in the lineup tonight. Uh, last minute change. Markel Fultz back with the team, but not getting activated yet. What is your view of this up and down squad? I expected them to be up and down, and I expected them to have about I, – I think I predict them to – yeah, 41 wins, so about 500. I think they're just a little too streaky right now, so everyone's riding a roller coaster ride with, with the early success, and then, then they had a big downward trend. Now they got two in a row, um, and Bede ends is out tonight, and then there's probably a ton of people that decided not to go to the game, and now he's – playing tonight and now everyone's probably <laughs> yeah. aggravated because <laughs> they didn't go to the game i actually That's sold my tickets um, for you. <laughs> so uh, i had to do this practice anyway but it's just uh it's a roller coaster right now the frustrating part about it to me and, and a lot of fans is is what seems to be basketball 101 mistakes whether that be the coach or the players with having significant leads but continuing to run the type of offense that is not going to slow the game down or get into more of a half-court set or just get a good shot for that matter. So it's all signs of a young team that's going to make mistakes, and I think with all the patience everyone has had through this entire process, patience isn't as thin as it would be if, say, this was the first year of a young team because we've dealt through all this losing, so now it it, it, it makes it – more aggravating now, especially, like I said, when it's what seems to be, anyway, basketball 101 common knowledge uh, mistakes that they're making. Well, hey, Fred, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit of Eagles, so uh, I want to get your real quick take. I, I know you're rooting for Georgia, uh, but what did you think of those two college football semifinal games? They were night and day, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, the Georgia game, I was like, I, I, the first half, I was just, I was so aggravated because I'm like, I expected them to put up a little bit more of a fight than they did against Baker Mayfield in that offense. And it, it just seemed to me that it was clear Oklahoma was just moving the ball at will. And then Oklahoma doesn't have much of a defense either. So Georgia was, was running the ball well, but they were able to score. Um, but they were still down two touchdowns because of how bad the defense was playing. And then they, they made their adjustment at halftime, went man-to-man, which I thought was was a great move. And then they pretty much, offensively anyway, shut them down. They had seven points in the second half, and then you add the three points from overtime. And then the offense goes ahead and gives up a, a touchdown to them. The last thing they needed was for the offense to give Oklahoma a defensive score. But it was very exciting and, and a fun game to watch but not my type of football. I, I more like a, a defensive game, which is kind of how the second game went. And um, it just looked like two two defenses that that were just stop each other. Clemson's D was, was tremendous, and, and so was um, Alabama's. And um, Alabama, as they seem to find a way to score that, that um, non-conventional type score, you know, the, the 
the D tackle lining up in fullback doing a flare out or the, 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 the turnover that they had. So um, it's going into this next game. You got Georgia throughout the season has had a very good defense, you know, top five, I believe. And Alabama has a good defense as well. So um, I'm, I'm obviously rooting for Georgia, but I'm by no means going into that game thinking they're, they're going to win. I, I think it, it could go either way. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Chet, all of our regular season picks that we did are in. Uh, how did the standings end up? Well, Bill, since you and I made the exact same picks in week 17, you'll recall that you clinched our little competition last week. So we both had a rough final week, as it turned out, going one and three, while Fred correctly picked Dallas to beat the birds in that dreadful contest. So he went two and two. The final numbers then have you, Bill, at 38 and 22, and Fred and I tied for second one game back at 37-23. So really uh, wow. well contested. Your prize for all that, Bill, winning our little pick some personal satisfaction. That's about it. That's uh, about all we give out here at Philly Press Box Radio <laughs> these days. Hey, that was that was that was a lot of fun though. I, I enjoyed. Yes, it, it was. Well, hey Fred, this is uh, probably going to be your swan song for the football season. So tell us on the way out how the playoffs are going to go and who's making and winning the Super Bowl. Give it up. So how is the playoffs going to go? This is some 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 quarterbacks here who haven't won on the road on the playoffs as far as the NFC goes. Um, I think we're going to see the Chiefs and the, uh, the, the, the Patriots on the one side. I, I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I just got a feeling in my head that, that Andy Reid's going to – something's going to happen here. The, the Chiefs wow. are going to be the AFC's representative. And on the NFC side, oh, man, I – I can't even go with my head. I'm going with my heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the uh, the Eagles to find a way here with the home field advantage, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go Eagles Chiefs, and you're gonna have Andy Reid making it back against his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's gonna be a nice little story too. That would be wow. pretty special. Good, good deal. Well, you know what? It, New England is it's almost seems like such the obvious pick then it almost makes it seem like it shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? And yep. Yeah, we've been saying that, I think, a couple of years now, and, and Brady keeps throwing it back at us anyway. So I always seem to think that, and they, they still pull it out. So. Yep. Well, Fred, hey, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us all season and taking the time out of your life to do it. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. Thanks, guys, for having me. And, um Go Birds, man. Let's let's pull this out. Go Eagles. Yeah, Fred, enjoy the playoffs. And for you anyway, go Bulldogs too. Yeah, they got it. Four-point four spread <laughs> now. It's coming down. Vegas All is right. bouncing. All right. Hey, How's it going, guys? Happy hey, New Year. Fred, hey, Fred, write this down. If it ends up being Chiefs-Eagles going to the Super Bowl, you will be back. Heck, yeah. That's right. We must have lost him. He must have I hung think up before Fred he took off. To That's all right. All right. All right, well, hey, Chet, we've got Mark's thoughts, and now we've got Fred's thoughts on the playoffs. How do you see this thing going back, you know, as we move forward? Well, you know where I stand, Bill. The Eagles are not as good a team as they were a month ago before the Wentz injury. That is obvious by what we've seen on the field and the final, in the final three games and uh, by how the Vegas oddsmakers have moved things, too, since December 1st. Their Super Bowl odds, the Eagles went from 4-1 to one to win it to 
12 to 1 currently. Nick Foles is not Carson Wentz. That's just the way it is. Now, that doesn't mean I'm giving up on them, at least getting to the Super Bowl, but it's clearly going to be more of a challenge now. Nick Foles has to play better than he did against the Raiders and in his limited action against the Cowboys. The running game needs to be effective, and the defense has to continue to bring it. I'm not ready to make a prediction. You and I can tackle that next week. But no matter who they play in the divisional round, despite being at home, they're going to be either an underdog or the game will be a pick at very best. So I'm not giving up yet, but, yeah, I am concerned, as we discussed last week. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding the fort. Um, again, maybe, maybe if it's twice, it's not an anomaly. I don't know. Is it an anomaly once? I don't know, but – uh, the Dallas game was meaningless. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking this team's going to come out. They're they're playing great defense. They're going to run the football. Nick Foles is not going to hurt them. Whether he can win on his own, as Mark said, maybe not. But I don't see him hurting them. I think they're going to run the football effectively. They're going to play defense, and it's probably going to be frigid in Philadelphia when uh, whoever comes in here, Carolina or Atlanta or New Orleans, whoever comes. Yeah, well, I mean, like you, I'm going to watch the games this weekend and get a better feel for Carolina or New Orleans or Atlanta. And, you know, then we'll make an assessment next week and make some predictions. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch the games this weekend and then to see how the Eagles stack up against whoever it is. Do you care to uh, take an undocumented pick? Uh, we're not going to hold you to this, but... Uh... For this weekend, who you like? Tennessee, Kansas For this City. Week, I think the Rams, I, the Rams. The Rams are going to beat the Falcons. I just think they are the real deal. Um, they got a great young head coach. Goff is better than I thought he was going to be. And as Mark said, I just don't think Atlanta's as good a team as they were last year. They they miss Kyle Shanahan. Um, they were inconsistent much of the year. They're not a great road team. So I think the Rams win that one. The other game could go either way. Gurley's pretty good too, Jet. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty darn good. He's an MVP <laughs> candidate. Yeah. So yeah, that certainly helps. Uh, the other game, I think the Saints won both meetings, if I'm not mistaken. Tough to win three times in a year, but I think they do it, especially because they are at home. Cam Newton's been inconsistent as well. Um, I know they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but I still would take Drew Brees over Cam Newton, even at his advanced advanced age. So I'm going to take the Saints, and that would mean the Eagles would get to play those New Orleans Saints, which is not the best matchup, but that's who it would be next weekend. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, I have been to the New Orleans Superdome for a game, and it was a regular season game against the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm going to tell you, it was the loudest place I've ever been, and it, it was a meaningless game. Basically, I mean, it was a regular season game. Uh, to go down there and play is an extremely difficult thing to do. And when you're in the playoffs, obviously, they're going to be amped up even more. That could end up being a fun game, though. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Yeah. What did you think, uh, speaking of the playoffs, what did you think about the Ravens melting down in the last minute, allowing Buffalo with, with an injured Shady McCoy to kind of back into the playoff game, they're coming down to Jacksonville to play some, play a pretty good team. And uh, Shady is kind of questionable, see if he's going to be able to go or not. But uh, how about those Buffalo Bills? 
Yeah, and kudos to the Bengals for, you know, playing hard and pulling off the upset and I guess saving Marvin Lewis's job in the process, too. I don't know why he's coming back, but uh, he is. Uh, yeah, that was great to see. I didn't watch it live, but just seeing the highlights and then seeing, you know, the Bills watching it in their locker room and all the Buffalo fans, uh, how happy they were because they haven't been in the playoffs in a long, long time. So that was fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And uh, are you back in Fred on uh, Andy Reid? you like Kansas City over Tennessee this week at home? You know, yeah, I think I do like that one. I don't know if I agree with him on Kansas City getting to the Super Bowl, but I do think Kansas City wins this weekend. Yeah, I do too. Well, good stuff. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think you got four pretty good games, and uh, we'll see what happens. There's there's a little bit of intrigue, and especially in the NFC games. I think Atlanta and L.A. on paper, it, it, like you said, it looks like an L.A. blowout, but uh, there's a lot to be said for having been to the Super Bowl once already. Yeah, and hey, getting back to the whole Hall of Fame thing, um, I'm real happy to see that Dawkins and T.O. are both in the final 15. Hopefully they'll make it to the final five this year, unlike last year. And as you know, we had Paul Domowicz on a couple of weeks ago, and I edited together just some of the things that he said about Dawkins and how in his mind, and a lot of guys who watch these players know that Dawkins is more deserving than John Lynch. So this is Paul Domowicz talking about Brian Dawkins on our show a couple of weeks back. Brian Dawkins was a difference maker. I mean, Jim Johnson built a defense around him. You know, John Lynch was a great safety, but he was a cover two safety. The role in, in a cover two for him is not anything close to what Brian had to do in Jim Johnson's defense. Uh, there's 48 voters, and, you know, we've got Randy Moss this year. We've got Ray Lewis. We've got Brian Erlocker to consider. You know, we're going to have a, the argument again about T.O., I don't know how that's going to impact on anybody else. I hope it doesn't. I hope they realize that we're, we're talking about a special player in, in, in Doc. So it's going to be an interesting uh, eight hours or whatever we spend in the room. Paul Domowicz, there you go. Interesting because I saw an interview down here uh, with Tony Dungy basically saying the exact same thing about John Lynch. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that he, that he built that defense around him. So, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the real intrigue to me on this is there's so many good players, and I think I said this last year, there are now five offensive linemen who no one even really knows much about unless you're watching what's going on in the trenches. Then they're now in the final 15. Somebody's going to get in. At least one, if not two of those guys are going to get in. Ray Lewis is getting in. Probably Randy Moss is getting in. It's going to make slim pickings for some other guys. That's all I can tell you. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, we have a caller, Chet. Let's see who we have. And uh, welcome to Philly Press Box Radio. Who we have? Uh, you have the uh, frozen Floridian. Is this you, Danny Boy? What you got, my friend? <laughs> yes, this is Danny Boy. How you all doing? Hey, Danny. Doing good. Doing all right. Hey, uh, uh, let me give you uh, – I, I just called for two two reasons. First one is I just want to thank you guys for uh, putting a, a a great show together week in and week out. And I tell you, there's there's a bunch of us out here that really appreciate it, me included. Oh, thank oh, thanks, you. And the uh, – you're welcome. And the second reason is I promised uh, – I promised you guys I would give you your just due – uh, for, uh, uh, concerning, uh, concerning the Philly press box, uh, football pool, yep. uh, 
I, 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 are you ready for that? I'm, I'm prepared to give you my just due. You're just due. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because I wrote a, I write, I wrote a speech. As, as a former champion, my goal is always to win champion, to win the championship. But at some point in this third season, I realized that goal was unattainable. So I set a new lower goal. One being, I would catch <laughs> cheddar cheese steaks and Philly press box bill. But another goal I took on was to win my was to coach my wife, Cheryl, alias Catnip, which proved to be very successful. She won the McNabb Mini Helmet and maintained first place most of the year. And even though it was a one-two finish, it really is co-champions, which means I now have won a championship as a player and as a coach. That makes me the first repeat champion. There you go. Is that good enough for you, fellas? Hey, however you, sweat, you I'll take spin it. it, you're in the man. By the way, uh, Danny, that uh, that McNabb yes, helmet is not a mini helmet. That is a full-size helmet. That is a full – oh, my goodness. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, sir. How much I appreciate that. And let me give my props to Carl, Carl Cars and Collectibles, the big C. Without him, that wouldn't be possible, and I really, really appreciate it. Yep. Carl's All the right, best. my man. All right, and one Danny. more thing to my go to ahead. my buddy Fred Hugo, go Bulldogs! There you go. <laughs> All right, Danny, thanks, thanks, Danny. Happy right, New Year, show, fellas. All right, appreciate Take you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Chet, let's talk some Sixers. They finished the year with two road wins. They're seventeen and nineteen. They're a game and a half out of the playoffs right now. I think that's a little slightly better than your prediction, a lot better than my prediction at this point. How do you see this playing out? There's still 46 games left, long way to go. Well, we talked about it briefly last week. They are actually slightly ahead of where I expected them to be in terms of wins and losses right now. But I do expect them to very soon start playing better. Now they've gotten to know one another a little better. And, you know, I think they, they will start to cut down on their turnovers too. But Ben Simmons is going to have to develop more of an outside game and make more free throws. And, of course, Joel Embiid will have to keep his missed games to a minimum. And Markel Fultz will have to get back into action and be a contributor. Now, that may sound like a lot to ask for, but it all is workable. And if all or at least most of that happens, they're going to get to those 43 wins that I predicted and the playoff berth that I predicted two and a half months ago. So there. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Chet, and we talked again briefly about this last week. I think if they stick with their plan and they have to get the minutes to these guys that they're paying a lot of money to, I think they'll struggle a little bit. If they decide we're going to try to win games, we're going to let T.J. McConnell run this team, we're going to um, have J.J. Reddick throwing up threes, I think they have better chances to win than they do with some of these struggling young kids. Yeah, and you may be right. You know, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of TJ, so I want to see him get his minutes, too. And just one more thing on the Sixers, Bill, and it's this. That is all. <laughs> That's all. All right. Well, hey, we'll see. We'll be talking more about them as, uh, as the winter unfolds, as we get ready for spring training, actually, and uh, – Hopefully the Sixers give us plenty to talk about here as we head toward the end of the second half of the season. We hope so. All right. Well, hey, Chet, let's talk a minute, uh, take a minute, and thank everyone that visits our website, phillypressboxradio.com. Friday is our 15-month birthday, and uh, we have close to 25,000 visits to the site by Friday, I think. And we can't thank all of our 
viewers and fans enough for going to the site, checking it out. Those that aren't familiar, you can listen to all of our shows through the site. We keep it updated daily with current Philly sports articles and some we write. We post Vimeos of interviews with our guests as well. You can click on all of our sponsor links and go to their websites. As that's, um, and that's all just on the cover page, Chet. You have links page to many of our guest pages and sites and even a fun photo page with us and many Philly sports celebrities. So let's uh, thanks again to all who have visited and to those that haven't, it's phillypressboxradio.com. Yeah, and I'm going to have more to say about all of that, uh, the website and our show in general, in my parting shot in just a few minutes. Okay, well, and I don't have a parting shot tonight, so we have an extra minute. And uh, I want to throw out to Chet, you know, I got to see the Flyers uh, take the Tampa Bay Lightning last week in Tampa, and only to see them get hammered by the Penguins last night, what was one of Brian Elliott's worst games in the goal all season. Um, he's been solid. Claude Giroux, Jay Forchaker, and the league leaders in scoring, but the team just can't seem to hit a consistent stride. Yeah, that's the problem. They are inconsistent, and they're not getting the production we'd like to see from some of the younger guys who I thought would be further along by now. As you said, Elliott's been pretty good, but I think right now he might just be getting a little tired because he's been playing pretty much every game since the end of November. Um, of course, uh, he got a break in the third period last night. Michael Neuvert came in. Neuvert is back, so he'll probably get some playing time over the weekend because they have three games in four nights. Um, but, yeah, they got to put together a little string. I know they won six in a row not too long ago. Uh, hopefully they can do that again because they are still in the mix in terms of uh, getting one of those wild card spots in the Eastern Conference, so there is still plenty of time left. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I want to see a little more consistency from them. Yeah, and, and you know, there are a lot of young guys. That, that game in Tampa, uh, Provorov, who is, you know, they're talking about him being a longtime great player in the National Hockey League, and, boy, did he struggle mightily. Uh, he made a couple mistakes that led directly to goals. Within five seconds of his mistake, the Lightning scored a goal, and, uh, boy, the youngster sure struggled. And he's, he's one of the veterans in his second year. And, by the way, he uh, came up lame in uh, the game against the Penguins Tuesday night. Is he okay? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I, I looked, and it, it said he was still a little bit questionable, but it didn't look too bad. So I, I think he's going to be okay. Hey, speaking of your uh, trip to uh, the game in Tampa Bay, how was it otherwise? I mean, you got to see a great game. You got to see the Flyers win. Did you have a good time? Oh, it was great. Uh, we, we had great seats. We were actually in the upper deck, but we were on the front row of the upper deck splitting the red line. I mean, we were dead 50-yard line seats uh, in row one, and they were they were fantastic seats and uh, oh, nice. had a lot of fun. The Lightning fans, uh, of course, they're, they're playing good hockey, so – they're uh, they're all fired up, thinking they're all about what it's about, and then the Flyers took it to them and and whipped them. But a good turnout of orange and black in the stadium too. Nice, uh, yeah. The Flyers uh, do have some fans all around the country, and that's good to see. And uh, I'm glad you got to see a great game and a Flyers victory. Yep, and uh, looking forward to it again. I think they only come back down here once in March. And oh, by the way, Chet, uh, the NFL schedule is out. Uh, we don't know the dates yet, but we do know they come to Tampa and they come to Jacksonville. So uh, I'm sure that will be a big destination for the Eagles faithful uh, come next winter. Hey, you know what? I just thought of something. You're right. And uh, that reminds me that my brother-in-law, for whatever reason, is a fan of the Tampa Bay Bucks, even though he lives in eastern Pennsylvania. So 
I'm thinking a little uh, trip to Florida next year. There you go. I I hope to be here. Yeah, I hope you are too. <laughs> There's only one reason I don't think I will, and we don't want to go there. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Chad, as we said last week, 2017 was a blast for you and I here at Philly Press Box Radio. We did 50 shows in 52 weeks, we said. It actually was 49 as we played the best of show one week. So we did 49 live shows, and it was a blast. Uh, we've had great guests that have given their time to join us. We certainly appreciate that. We started out 2018 tonight with Mark Eckel, who's always outstanding. So tell me, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week to keep this thing rolling? And by the way, people maybe think we are just, you know, putting on airs here and, like, I'm really not surprising you. Like, you know, like, the full guest list. You don't. I'm telling you for the no. first time who's coming on next week. So this is a surprise to you. Yes. And here we go. Who better, Bill, to talk about the NFL playoffs and the Eagles' prospects than the guy who wrote the book, the book being the Eagles' encyclopedia, of course. You know him not only from his books, but from his work on pre- and post-game live, from his weekend radio show with Glenn Macnow, and from his eight previous appearances on this very program. The godfather of football, the great Ray Didinger. And not only will we talk Eagles with Ray, but we're going to talk about Brian Dawkins and his Hall of Fame chances. And I'm going to unveil a new segment with R. Diddy called Ray, Tell Me a Story. You won't want to miss it. Oh, that sounds fun. Always great to have Ray. I thought you were going to say Kate Beckinsale was coming on. but, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am but, still know... working on a second. I'm still working on a second guest for next week, but sadly it's not Kate Beckinsale. But we may have a second guest also. Stay tuned. All right. Well, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of anxious to talk to Ray myself because um, Ray has not always been on board with with what's been going on with this 2017 Eagles. Well, I know he predicted them to go eight and eight uh, at the beginning of the year. I know he didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but I haven't heard what he's had to say as far as their playoff prospects just yet. So, uh, you know, over the last week or so. So uh, we'll get some up-to-date comments from May, from Ray, rather, next week, once we know who the Eagles are playing. I'm sure Ray will have lots of great insight. Yeah, and uh, as he always does, and uh, and he doesn't have any problem with uh, telling about it either, which is good. And, you know, nope. as I recall, since you, you mentioned Ray's coming on, I believe we had him on maybe the exact same week last year because we were talking about the Hall of Fame voting and we talked about Jerry Kramer and, and Brian Dawkins uh, in that show last year. So it'd uh, be interesting to see his thoughts on that as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, all right, Mr. Chesco. Well, how about a parting shot for you tonight? As I mentioned, I don't have one, so it's all yours. Yes, sir. A new year is underway, and it's a pretty exciting time on the Philadelphia sports scene with the Eagles heading to the postseason as the NFC's number one seed, the 76ers, Flyers, and Phillies all heading in a positive direction, thanks to some exciting young stars. And Jay Wright's Philadelphia Wildcats, again among the favorites to make it to the NCAA Final Four. It's also an exciting time for us here at Philly Press Box Radio, even though Bill and I know it'll be tough to top what we did over the past 12 months. As Bill noted, the year 2017 saw us doing 49 live weekly PPR roundtable shows. 
We actually interviewed a total of 53 different guests last year, including 27 first-time visitors to our show, such as Philly.com's Keith Pompey, Paul Domowich, and Sam Carcitti, longtime Flyers PA man Lou Nolan, the great anthem singer Lauren Hart, wing bowl legend Bill Elwingador Simmons, the colorful Bill Werndell, author Joe Valley, and the radio voice of Penn State football Steve Jones. Other first-time guests included former Flyers greats Bill Barber and Bob Kelly, ex-Phils pitcher turned country singer Brett Myers, and a couple other guys who know quite a bit about baseball, Chris Wheeler and Jason Stark. For something different, we talked to singer-songwriter Willie Nile and personal fitness expert Ashley Blake-Greenblatt. And there are the many folks who have made multiple visits over the years, like this week's guest Mark Eckel and next week's Ray Didinger, along with Brandon Lee Gowton, Kevin Riley, Dee Lynham, Tom Moore, Bill Meltzer, and the Inquirer's Frank Fitzpatrick. Of course, we need to say a big thank you to our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House and Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. Big thanks also to Matt Costine at Signal 77 Media for helping us maintain our phillypressboxradio.com website, which, by the way, Matt designed and got up and running 15 months ago. As we approach our fourth anniversary this April, Bill and I want to thank each and every one of you who listens to our weekly show and checks out the website on occasion. Happy New Year, and let's hope for even bigger and better things for all of us in 2018. Here, here. Second, second to all that. Super. Yep. Awesome. Good job. All right. Hey, Chad, before we finish up for tonight, um, we got uh, everybody else's uh, ideas on Georgia, Alabama. What does Mr. Chesco say? And will you be watching? You're not a huge college football guy. Oh, I'll be watching. Yeah, this this will make Fred happy, too. I'm going to pick those Georgia Bulldogs to knock off Bama. So let's see what happens. What say you, Bill? Well, I had Georgia to win it all um, in in my pool. I'm going to stick with that, but I'm a little worried man, that Alabama defense was really, really good the other night. Well, but, uh, so was the Georgia Georgia's offense. offense was pretty good. Georgia's offense looks pretty good, too. It, it, it was, and, and as Fred mentioned, Georgia's defense came in very highly touted, and that's really why I took them to stop that Baker Mayfield in uh, – the Oklahoma Sooners, but they ended up kind of outscoring them, but then they ended up making some big plays there when they needed them. So I'm going to stick with Georgia. Um, I hope it's as good a game as what we got to see in that Georgia-Oklahoma game. That was a classic. Yes, indeed. It really was. Yep. Hey, what, speaking of that real quick, what, what did you think of the play of that Baker Mayfield? The, some guys had him climbing up, the, the football guys had him climbing up the ladder to the number one quarterback in the draft based on his gutsy performance. He's the deal. He was certainly certainly impressive the other night. Looked like he's got a lot of tools, although I still heard the following day a couple of experts, I forget who they were, who said he's probably not going to be a great pro quarterback, that he might just be you know, a second-tier guy, a backup. So I don't know. I don't see him enough, but uh, that's what I heard a couple of guys say. Well, one thing you can't take away is when, when you got a kid that can win, and he can flat out do that. All right. Well, Chet, we have reached the top of the hour, so let's thank our special guests, Mark Eckel, Fred Hugo, Irish Rover Station House, and Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Phil Sherman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 10th at, 10, at 7 p.m. when Ray Didinger joins us. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, our Facebook page, or on the Internet at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Press Box Radio or on iTunes, Stitcher, 
TuneIn, and MixCloud. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Birds!